feel like a star, but only strictly where I'm famous. I'm in this foot along this hall, like we'll see where it takes us. I'm throwing back these double shots like whiskey here is weightless. Cause, cause this career I chose was even riskier than Vegas, yo. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy New Year. Very, very excited to kick off 2024, especially with my guest today. It is going to be a very, very special year for many of us as uh, I've got good vibes about it. But today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, Super excited. She's a dear friend of mine, but you may know her as well as the love expert. Demona Hoffman is uh, a dating coach, a TV personality, and really a speaker. And it's all about love. And she actually is a recent author. And we're going to talk all about that today. But you may know Dona uh, from the Drew Barrymore show where she is the expert, the love expert, talking about all things love, what are our patterns, what's going on, and how do we really release those uh, boundaries and ideas that we have around love to really bring in that person. So I'm super, super excited to bring in Demona today, and we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about everything. So put your hands together for Demona Hoffman. Hi, Demona. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me back, Colby. Oh, I am so excited. And we have like so much to to talk about today. I mean, I know you've been so busy over the last few years, um, really helping people find their love. You, you, you've written for a column for the New York Times. Obviously, we have this book coming out. You're on the Drew Barrymore regularly, um, E! News Tonight. So tell me a little bit about this journey. I know it's been going on like 15 years. You've You've been this love expert. What what do you think inspired you to to kind of take that path of helping others find true love? I was an absolute love cynic. I thought it's never going to happen for me. I don't have what it takes. I'm not like one of the it girls. And I really figured out that the more I leaned into my authenticity and the things that really made me different and unique and weird in some settings actually were the things that were most attractive to the right kind of people. So I was actually working at the time that I was dating, I was working in casting and I was teaching classes for actors in how to market themselves and how to be someone that would stand out to a casting director. And I was online dating at the time. And this is, you know, way back, like 20 years ago, I was online dating and I started to realize the similarities between what I would tell actors about having a headshot that got noticed and what I need to do with my dating profile photos to attract someone authentically. So I applied what I was learning professionally to my love life, ended up meeting my husband, and then other people started coming to me for my secret. Also, I think being unapologetic um, as well about being who, who we are, I think is so important because, you know, I find that so many people try to change who they are in order to bring in or attract the person uh, that that they think is the right person for them. Do you know what I mean? It, it's it's almost like rather than just being who you are. I mean, what is your your take on that? Well, it's sometimes it's hard to access that. It's hard to know 
what foot to put forward and even who you truly are, especially when we're looking at the endless swipe and social media, we get a lot of messaging that tells us what a relationship is supposed to look like, what we're supposed to look like. And what my new book at the fairy tale is all about is setting all that aside. You get to write your own love story. You get to do it on your timeline in your way. If you take the steps to really clarify what you want that path to look like for you. I love it. Well, let's let's talk about F the fairy tale. First of all, amazing title. How Thanks. did you come up with that? <laughs> you know, I I've been hosting my podcast for like 11 years now and I get a lot of questions submitted from listeners. I was just really feeling this growing frustration around dating this dread, this overwhelm, this burnout that people kept writing in about. And I felt like everybody was saying, F the fairy tale. I'm not following the path that my parents or my grandparents did. I'm not doing it the old-fashioned way, but I still want love. I mean, ultimately, that's really one of the most important elements of our lives to feel supported, to feel cared for. And we need human connection, whether it's romantic or friendships, we need that. And we're really craving it, especially coming out of the pandemic. We're still healing from that. And that isolation has driven many people to crave love, but feel like they don't really know how to go about finding it. The idea, too, of maybe how they're told to find it as well, right? That social conditioning of like, well, this is how you do it. And that's what you do. And this is what you don't do. (laughs) And there's so much to that, right? Yeah, we all got that, you know, we we read Miss Manners and, you know, we have our parents telling us that you're supposed to be with somebody who's similar to you. You're supposed to be with somebody in your, your community or even, you know, it's so funny. Like I talk about all these myths in the book of what we've taken on that are really not true signs of compatibility. These these beliefs, like I always start my clients out with mindset, both what you have to offer in a relationship, what you're looking for in a relationship, what are your predominant thoughts about relationships and dating. And when I ask people what they're looking for, they either tell me I'll know it when I see it, which says to me, like, girl, you You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Or or they send me their list and Here's the really weird thing. And it was funny. I was just watching a TikTok video where somebody was talking about how a matchmaker rejected them for the qualities that they were looking for. And I was like, oh, my God, this lady is so upset because this list the matchmaker felt was unattainable. And it's the same list, Colby. It's the same list. I swear. It's literally in the book, the exact list that people have repeated to me over and over again for the last 10, 15, 17 years that I've been doing this. And that to me says, we have to step back here and really identify the relationship that's right for you is not necessarily the relationship that's right for me. So your list should not be the same as the next person's list or the next person's list. So I'm not surprised that a matchmaker can't deliver you the same person's list because they're already delivering it for everybody else. (laughs) It's there. It's already, it's already taken. And that's, that's one of the things too. I know with my clients, um, especially, you know, those looking for love, 
what I find is sometimes they're so rigid on what they think they want versus maybe, you know, who is the most compatible person for them. You know, they want them to look exactly like this or do exactly this or make this exactly, you know, and of course it's certainly good to, to know what you want, but I think sometimes when there's so much rigidness about it, rather than saying, you know, do you want them to make you laugh? Do you want them to hold you when you're ill? Do you want them to support you on a new project or a new endeavor? Like those things feel to be um, important. And sometimes I, I find that people don't really sit deeply with, with what they truly want. You're exactly right. And what you just described, Colby, it's really stepping into the feeling of being in that relationship rather than dating by the list, really getting in touch with that feeling of the relationship you're calling in because you may not recognize it on the surface. They might be too short or they might not make (laughs) enough money or they might live, you know, five miles outside of the radius you're searching And there's so many things like I'm not speaking from my high horse of like (laughs) having done it perfectly the whole time. I'm speaking from a perspective of literally having been in the shoes of any singles who are listening right now that I was going about it all the wrong way. I was attracted to all the wrong things. And it felt totally different when I met my husband. It felt totally different than it had felt before. And it also was a feeling that I was able to replicate from a lot of the work that I did internally of clarifying that, of meditating. And I talk about this in F the Fairy Tale, of, you know, a lot of the work that you do with clients and students of really dropping into that space of visualizing what it will look like and feel like for you from your vantage point instead of just going based on the list because it might not look the same but it's it's really it's going to feel the same for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too what what's really interesting is a lot of times, you know, people want the quick fix uh rather than doing that that inner work. And that inner work is so important. I know for me, I I had a relationship and it just, you know, you pull in some of that toxicity and I was like, "No, no, no, no." I literally said, "I'm done until I feel that I can be in a healthy relationship." And that's it. Like, I'm going to just keep working until I feel that way. And the next thing you know, took a, quite a few years, but I met my my fiance and that was it. Like, literally, I hadn't dated anyone in a number of years. And then I meet him and then that was it. I, it literally, the minute I saw him, it was kind of like everything I knew was like right there in an actual person. And I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) there you are. Yeah, I used to tell my husband that I made him up when we first started (laughs) dating. And finally, after a while, he was like, I'm right here. Like, you know, (laughs) you can't keep (laughs) pretending like I'm a figment of your imagination. I'm like, okay, okay, you're real. But it really does feel like that when you've been doing it the hard way for so long. And it just feels like, oh, you're pushing this dating boulder up a hill And you're like making excuses for relationships that aren't right. You're trying to make them fit. You're compromising your values. You're becoming someone you're not. You're taking on different activities and interests and personas that aren't even really authentic to you. And then you step back and do what you did to just just take a pause and really get clear on 
who you are. And that's why that is the first thing that I said when we began this conversation of like, how do I help people clarify yeah. that? You got to yeah. start here with you. Yes. And then you start thinking, okay, who's the person that fits with that? And then you start thinking about what's that going to look like? What's that going to feel like? So I help people move from these myths that we start with into the pillars of long-term compatibility. And the first two of those are goals and values. And those are the kind of things, and that may be what you felt like when you got so aligned on your life goals and your values that when this person stepped into your path, you didn't have to second guess it because it was already aligned in that way. You know, one of the other things too, and I, I just, I got to we're just going to take all the advice we can today uh, for all the listeners, and then they can run out and buy F the fairy tale. I think that relationships, you know, they're, they aren't always like super easy, that there are challenges. I find, though, as long as you see it getting progressively better, as long as you see um, improvement of things you're working through or talking about or coming together. But what, you know, I think some people think, oh, it's supposed to be perfect and that's it. Um, yeah, not, not in my experience, but I, I want to hear the, the professional take on it. Yeah. You're really touching on one of the other big myths, which (laughs) I see as the soulmate myth. And I want to get your take on yes. it, Colby. Oh, yes. I was going to bring this up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the quest for perfection, the quest mm-hmm. for even the idea, there's one, there's your your half soul is out there somewhere and you need to be completed by your twin flame. And your whole relationship journey is a quest to find this ideal person. The reality is in my research for the book, I found about 70% of people believe in soulmates. Yet I feel like this concept of soulmates, one keeps people single because they're always questioning. They're always on that quest. And two keeps people in relationships from really being able to value all aspects of their partner and fully lean into the relationship that they're in. Because at the first sign of conflict, we think, oh, well, they weren't my soulmate then. That's a sign they weren't my soulmate. I'm just going to run away. But I want to know what your take is on soulmates, because I know it can be a a controversial topic. No, I mean, here's what's interesting. I believe for me, the idea of soulmates, we have many. Your best friend can be your soulmate. A mentor, a teacher could be a soulmate. Um, A soulmate is someone who steps in. uh, And again, maybe it is for, you know, that reason, season, lifetime, you know, as we like to say. The twin flame. I I find that I think it can keep people in the past. You know, I feel like I'll have clients and they'll say, oh, my gosh, this person, I love them. Um, They were my soulmate. I just know it. But, you know, they broke up. And, you know, I can tell the person was completely noncommittal that it wasn't the right person for them, you know, but they they they're stuck in it. They don't want to be open to the idea of that. Maybe that wasn't. Um, So I agree. I would always feel like, oh, we have one twin flame, right? The other half of you. Now, I do understand the idea of someone kind of being a compliment to you. Um, I, I do see that, but I just, I agree where maybe we just don't have 
one. Um, you know, I know for me, the person I'm with now, and there's definitely one other person that I caught, I probably could have had my life with either one of them and it would have been beautiful and amazing and fulfilling. And so I believe that, you know, we, we definitely can have more than one. And I, I also believe that at the end of the day, your partner, your life partner, I think we choose to have a partnership with that person. There is a conscious decision of, I choose them to have this experience with the, the ups and downs and good and bad. <laughs> yeah. I say in F the fairy tale that relationships are a mirror and yeah. they will show you your greatest strengths yes. and they will also amplify your greatest weaknesses. But I, I feel like it's really most helpful to adopt a relationship growth mindset where you really feel like just you were saying, as you were saying, you're choosing this person, you're choosing every day and you're taking each of those moments, good, bad, ugly, whatever, however, and, and that's all subjective anyway, of how you're looking at it from your vantage point. But all of those moments, what if we just flipped our perspective and, and saw it as an opportunity to grow? And even the relationships that don't work out, what could be taken from that experience, as you said, that then can be applied to the next relationship or in, and even maybe it's something that you can learn from, for a non-romantic relationship. Maybe it's something you can learn for your work, or maybe it can impact the way that you communicate with your family or your friends. But I just see relationships as a huge opportunity and a lot of times when we're attached to that idea of, well, this person is or is not my soulmate, because the soulmate idea also keeps people in many relationships that are hurting them. That's so right. So this person's my soulmate. So, well, I'm just going to well, tough it out and I'm going to deal with it. And yeah. we don't have to do that. Our our lives are short. So That's it's right. like make we have to mindfully choose the relationships we're investing in. Yeah. And that's even why. You know, I try to even tell people too, again, with the, the soulmate ideas, right? Reason, season, lifetime, that maybe they came into your life to, you learn something and then that's it. You, you're done. Um, and maybe you're learning boundaries. Maybe you're learning self-worth. Maybe you're learning self-love, regardless of, of what it is. I guess I use the word soulmate really uh, as a teacher uh, at some point. They come in and, and they're a teacher, right? Um and they come in into many different areas. And, and if we're willing to do the inner work and the self work, uh, then I feel like, you know, we really can learn from each and every relationship that, that we are in. Now I do know in the book, uh, F the fairy tale, first of all, how did you come up with the title? I, I just share that please. Well, it actually had a, a different title originally cause I was really building it around these love myths, mm-hmm. but, um, it, I felt compelled to have a title that really captured the, the words that my clients and my listeners on dates and mates were saying to me. And that also captured the feeling that I have always had in my coaching that the old rules no longer apply. And they were nice for, teaching us, you know, you, you learn your basic reading, writing, arithmetic, and then you build from there. So we learned the basics, 
But we're in a completely new paradigm where the way that we connect, the way that we meet someone today, totally different. Whether you meet online or offline, we are different even in the offline spaces than we once were because of the technology that we have. The way we communicate is different. 20 years ago, we did not text to to ask someone out on a date. We could not Google stalk them before a date and find out (laughs) everything about them or Instagram. We didn't have a, you know, a, a Finsta with like we had one Instagram for our, our friends and one for the people we might, we didn't have all of these elements. And then on top of that, when you layer in the pandemic and when you layer in the, you know, the, the crisis we have around financial stability and like just so many things happening in the world, it's just, it's a different time. So it feels like we are in a place where we need to say F that to whatever the old rule was. Let's be willing to embrace it. I feel I I hear a lot of frustration and um, I I just hear a lot of daters that are like clinging to this idea of the the old fashioned way of dating. I I don't want to do it this way because that's not the story that was told to me or just, I didn't picture that that's how I was going to meet my person. Yeah. And I, this book is really an invitation to let that go. And like, we're here now. <laughs> you're yeah. you're already <laughs> on the plane. Okay. Yeah. You're going to get to the destination. So you might as well like pop a movie on, have a good time with it and enjoy the journey. I love to tell uh, my clients too. you know, be open to, to the app so that, and don't get discouraged. Like, of course, you know, you're going to have a bad day. It's going to be not fun. It's not going to be your person. Don't get discouraged. I, I love to say everyone's always Mr. Wrong until you're fine, Mr. Right. Or, you know, whoever it is for that person. Right. Um, because again, we're just going to learn and grow from those experiences. And the other thing too, is, you know, you talk about intuition, uh, in the book. So, you know, and I think intuition, obviously (laughs) I'm a big believer in intuition. (laughs) Um, but share with me your, your feelings of intuition and love. I'm so glad that you brought this up and Honestly, Colby, I was so excited to talk to you about this part of the book because it's kind of become a mission. Since I met you, it's become a mission of mine to help people to access their own intuition in dating. I'm not even going to bring up like the P word or the M word, you know, the psychic or the medium, because a lot of people have have a not obviously listeners of this this show, uh, but, you know, a lot of the clients that come to me who've seen me on the Drew Barrymore show and I have a very methodical sort of grounded strategic approach to dating. If I, I come in with, if I come in with like, use your psychic gifts, they're like, what is this lady talking about? (laughs) So intuition I find is a, a word that more people can access, but it's something that we all have. And yes. I know your your listeners and viewers know that. But a lot of times it's not applied to dating. And when we get into the sort of um, the snowball effect of falling in love, we it's like our intuition gets short-circuited. 
And we're just going based on the chemistry. And it's hard for us to really listen to what's happening in our bodies and listening to all the signals that we're actually getting. How many times those red flags kind of come up, I would say pretty early, I'd say within the first three months, maybe of, of meeting someone and getting to know them. Um, but I find so many people, especially, you know, women, um, they'll ignore them. They'll try to justify them. They'll, they'll try to rationalize. Um, they'll empathize with the person they're dating rather than just saying, Hey, wait a second, there's something kind of serious here. We need to look at and, and kind of talk about, but what is, what is your take on, on red flags? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like red flags are always there if you're looking for them. Yeah. But, um, so I tried, to, I recently I've tried to sort of diminish the focus on red flags because yeah. it's almost like that confirmation bias. It's like, oh, there we go. There's a red flag. I'm out. But there is something that is happening in that early phase of uh, the, I, you know, I call it the chemistry myth when we're, we're getting caught up in that, in having the feelings and, yeah. <laughs> and the momentum of that early part of a date that we, we, we kind of disconnect from what's happening in our biology and the fact that we are having like massive neurotransmitter hormonal releases that are making you make things okay and yeah. making you make things fit. And we literally can get addicted to that feeling of like, Oh, he called me. He sent me a text. He wants to see me again. Oh, you know, we're, we're intimate. We're, I'm going to see him next week. It's like, it's, it, it takes over from our, our logic and from our intuition. I just ask people to sort of slow that process down and do yeah. a lot of the exercises that I know you teach about really dropping into what they're feeling. And especially yeah even before the first three months, like I have my clients start to do this with swiping. And I do this when I'm swiping for my VIP clients. I do this for them automatically. Like I have a client I talk about in the book, Annette, who I was doing, we call it a hot list for her of people. And when I'm swiping and I don't have all of the feels, like I'm not invested in it in the way that uh, that somebody is invested in their own dating life. I'm looking at it a little bit more strategically and I'm able to access my own intuition. I ended up hot listing uh, this guy among four guys and that guy ended up being her husband. And now they're married. Wow. They're coming to see me on the Drew Barrymore show next week. The crazy thing, Colby, is that they were right under each other's nose the entire time. Yeah. They lived and she had been searching a two hour radius. Of, she lived in a kind of rural area. But the guy was was within five, five miles of her house. They went to the same high school, but they're five years apart. So they didn't know each other. Maybe there's like an angel numbers five thing in here. <laughs> they uh, had worked at the same company, but in different divisions. They were right there under each other's nose, but it sort of took another layer of awareness to present them. And of course, they met online um, because they weren't meeting each other in their normal orbit, but they were both right there. And so if I can teach someone else, how to do that for themselves, how to drop into that yeah. intuition and use a blend of strategy, which I talk yes. a lot about 
in the in the book and then also the intuition to check into how you're feeling like i had dates i'm sure you did too where i was like Mm-mm, like something's wrong i don't know what it is i don't need to find out but i'm going to go ahead and say no to the second date because something here in me is telling me this is a no yes. i want to do that for people with people and teach people how to really hear that even just beyond the red flags. Cause I find a lot of times people will say like, uh, chewing their food too loudly. That's a red flag. Like, no, 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 no. Oh yeah. I think I was meaning more like toxicity, more dangerous things of like, Hey, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Like there's definitely, definitely. I talk about the, the clear red flags in the book of safety. And I'm also yeah. like the two things I'm really, I'm really bullish about this year. Colby are intuition. Yes. No, there's three <laughs> things I have to, you have to give me three things. Intuition, empathy. Yeah. And safety, yeah. safety, especially safety for women. And yeah. that's also where the intuition really comes into play because that's a big shift from like we used to meet people in our local communities and like they knew your mom they went to your church they were in your neighborhood so there was some accountability we are meeting strangers and this has been a long evolution it's not like we just started meeting strangers when online dating started like I have plenty of like met a guy in a bar (laughs) stories that I'll save for another show (laughs) but you're meeting strangers. There's no connection points usually or very few. So people aren't always on their best behavior. And it's really key that you develop the intuitive ability to to know who is safe for you. What do you feel out of all of your pillars? What would your favorite pillar be? Oh, my gosh. Nobody's asked me that. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite pillar. um, I think my favorite pillar is communication. And and it's really paired with conflict resolution, as you were saying earlier, because I think that conflict resolution skill that we build with a partner and it's different from partner to partner and from person to person in your life. But I, I think it's so juicy. I think there's so much discovery in it. So that's my favorite pillar. But we talked about goals. We talked about values. We talked about now communication and conflict resolution. And the last one is trust. And that's kind of a close second because trust is the pillar that takes the longest to build, but is the hardest to repair uh, when it's broken. So it's sort of like, it's like, um, it's like blowing glass or something. (laughs) It's like, you have to do it really slowly. I've never blown glass, but I've seen it done. (laughs) You have to do it really slowly and it's really fragile. But then once it's, it's cooled and you know, once it's done, it's, it's strong and it can last. Do you think trust can be rebuilt if it's been broken? Mm, It can, but it does require both people having an investment in that happening. And that's, that's the thing that's tricky. Like, and I'm sure you see that a lot with your clients too, is that it's not always, sometimes it's one-sided, you know? Yes. Yeah, I would agree. Um, well, let's just show show the book cover one more time here. F, rewrite the dating myths and live your own love story. F, the fairy tale. Um, I am so, so excited for this. Uh, where where can our listeners 
purchase this book? Well, you can get the book pretty much at any of your favorite book booksellers. I was yes. going to say bookstores, booksellers, bookstores. Um, you can go to my link f yep. That's the letter F. You can follow me on Instagram or all the socials at Demona Hoffman, or listen to the Dates and Mates podcast, which I've been doing like clockwork every every week for 11 Yay, years. Yay, that's amazing. Well, we're going to go ahead and put the book link uh, in the show notes too so that anyone listening back to the podcast can go ahead and just easily click that link to to purchase the book. But um, I, I'm really excited and it feels so positive that this book really is going to help take the dating world uh, to the next level for many, many people. And that, you know, true love is out there and that people should um, remember that maybe be optimistic and have faith in that. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Colby. And like, if you say, if you say it's going to be <laughs> a huge success, I believe you because you know, things. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be amazing. And, and thank you so much, Demona, for being here, for sharing and for sharing the book. Congratulations to you and, um, and wishing you all of the success that uh, is coming your way with it. Thank you, Colby. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today with Demona. Get out and get F the fairy tale, right? What an amazing um, guide to, to help anyone out there. Um, just really find the best relationship for you, that compatible partner, and maybe break through the myths and understand those pillars that are essential to building a strong and healthy relationship, one that you deserve. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Colby Rebel Show. Be sure to follow Colby on social media at Psychic Rebel. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please head on over to iTunes to leave a review to help Colby grow the tribe. Colby is an international psychic medium, teacher, best-selling author, and speaker. She is a master teacher of the Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development and is the owner of the Colby Rebel Spirit Center in Los Angeles. Visit ColbyRebel.com.